Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal story, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Follow the Brand podcast. I'm your host, Grant McGaw, always in pursuit of captivating stories behind successful brands and the minds who created them. Now today, we have a guest who is known for his energetic approach towards branding and has been quite successful in creating unique brand strategies that reverberate globally. An individual who has been awarded the Brand Guy nickname and truly has lived up to that title. A man who merges the art of strategic brand thinking and personal growth to redefine the conventional concept of branding. Joining us is Richard Sourman, a thought leader, speaker, author, and the strategic mind behind some of the world's most notable brands. From multinational companies to small businesses, Richard's brand ethos reaches across industry. Richard is the author of the successful book, Wake Up Tiger and Be the Brand, where he not only narrates the principles of successful branding, but also how it intermingles with personal development and individual growth. His books have inspired thousands to rethink their own personal and corporate brands. Before becoming the brand guy, Richard had an illustrious career in advertising where he worked with some of the world's leading ad agencies, including the likes of Saatchi and Saatchi and McCain Erickson. His strategic insight and his ability to bring human emotion into the essence of brands have made him a highly sought after brand strategist. In his unique and engrossing workshops, Richard offers people an unconventional perspective on brand strategy, challenging traditional marketing norms, and pushing boundaries to create brands that not only stand out, but also resonate deeply with their audiences. We have him here today to dwell deeper into his branding philosophy, discuss his journey, and help us understand the power of brands 
in today's rapidly evolving market landscape. Stay tuned as we embark on this enlightening journey with Richard Sauerman, also known as the Brand Guy, on the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Follow Brand Podcast. I'm going to take this one all the way to the other side of the world. We have fantastic, talented people. You may or may not be aware of Richard Sauerman, but I tell you, you've probably been touched by his work one way or another with all the different brands that he has worked with over a number of years, and he's got a secret a secret way of doing things to bring out the best in individuals. I was looking at some of his information. He says, hey, most people operate, you know, seven-tenths of what their capabilities are. We need to get you to that 9.5 to a 10. So today, I'm going to introduce you to Richard. We're going to have some kind of conversations about his particular brand and how he has been so successful. So, Richard, like to introduce yourself? Hey, mate. I'm Richard. I'm the brand guy. I live in Sydney, Australia, and it's nice to be on your show, mate. I'm glad to have you, Richard. You have had a stellar career, 30, 35 years plus. You started, I think, in the ad world. Now you're into you know, brand strategy. You've been doing a lot of things. So let's take it back a little bit and say, how did you start your branding career? Like, what was really gravitating for you? And why did you choose this as a profession? Well, I started working in advertising, not in strategy or branding, just in account service. You know, the account service guy, and I was the account executive and the account manager and the account director. I worked through all those layers and hierarchy, but I really wanted to be a brand strategist, you know, and uh, I worked in agencies that had strategy departments like Saatchi and Saatchi, McCann Erickson, Ogilvy and Maitha. And it was quite hard to kind of get in there. They were always seen, the brand strategist department was seen as the uh, the kind of brains of the agency. And uh, they were very selective about who could work there and who couldn't work there and all that sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> but I knew that, yeah, that, that, that kind of thinking, because it, it's a combination of creativity and, uh, and being able to write well and philosophy and being able to conceptualize things. And I knew I was good at that, yeah? The thing was, though, like, how do you get in? So back in the day in advertising, most of the people who worked in brand strategy came from research backgrounds. Okay. Yeah, so the understanding was that that if you had come from a research background and, and you knew the fundamentals and discipline of good consumer research and finding good insights and all that kind of stuff, that you were now set up and well equipped to be a brand strategist, yeah? And, of course, that was not my way in at all. And so I was like, oh, okay, shit, I didn't really, you know. Um so I sort of got into the back door in a way, you know, I, I kind of sneaked in. So I had my own agency for a, quite a number of years, a small agency in Australia, and I did all the brand strategy work for that agency. And we won some pretty big business, and we out-strategized some of the great brand strategy agencies in the country. So when I closed that business down, they were like, oh, you want to come and work for us, you know? So that's how I got in 
to work in the brand strategy area in, in advertising. And that's sort of what I started doing, you know. And then, then I really found, I suppose, my niche and my passion and my love for branding. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Let me, so what you just told me is that you were you were working, you were doing the advertising, you were doing some of the account management work, and you're seeing this yeah. from afar. You see this yeah. guy in his ivory tower doing the brand strategy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you left the business, started your own business, yeah. competed in one business, being a brand yeah. strategist. Is that, is that what I deserve? That's right. That's what happened. That's what happened. No research background, none of that. No, 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 no. No research background. And then when I when I when I was the head of strategy at McCann Erickson here in, in, in Australia, New Zealand, we um I we had a strategy department of uh, about 12 people, and one of them, and, and I hired them all, and one of them came from a research background. What? <laughs> I was not interested in that. I'm not interested in people with a research background. Brand strategy is not an analytical research process, in my opinion, you know? Uh, so I wasn't looking for people like that. I was looking for, 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 for people that just had a feel for what's right, and uh, I hired people from creative departments to come across the brand strategy area. And I hired people who had done interesting degrees, who could think, who could articulate their thoughts and their ideas. I was not interested in researchers. So that's one of the key ways as a brand strategist. I've always been a bit different, if you like, because, you know, obviously there's clients and they want to do research and research is quite an important part of the brand strategy process, especially when it comes to you know, measuring things, tracking brand equity. But um, I think a lot of research is used not to search. Research is used to cover people's butts. <laughs> you know, well, the research said it would work, so don't blame me. And, uh, you know, it's a bit like that. And uh, David Ogilvy once said that a lot of people use research like a drunkard uses a lamppost. They use it for support not for illumination. <laughs> and so, uh, and having sat in my advertising days through many research presentations, you know, where they say, and we have this incredible insight today, uh, teenagers like excitement. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, right, okay. And that costs us $60,000 and, you know, 10 focus groups. Like, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was bound to work with that. So I'm very much an intuitive, go with what I feel is right style of planning. Well, your intuition has served you well. And so I've seen this evolution, right? This evolution. Yeah. But you must have been tapping in into your skill set. Maybe it's an untapped skill set, but you believed very deeply into it to take the, the risk of going out and doing it on your own and then grow and then hire people to begin to, to, to grow this opportunity and to grow this business. You had a belief in yourself. How did you evolve the work that you do today? So what happened was I worked in advertising and uh, was now getting to you know, uh, big important roles, uh, maybe it would have been international roles, you know, big money, all that stuff. But personally, it was like, yeah, like I'm now, I'm now, I'm sort of 40, 40, 42, midlife. 
And there was a lot of things in my life that I looked at then. I thought I'm halfway through my life. Let's say I live till 80, yeah? I'll probably live longer now because we're all living longer than that. But let's say 80. I'm yes. halfway through my life. I need to start doing stuff that really, you know, inspires and enthuses me, okay? And to be honest, you know, and I was working on Coca-Cola. I was working on Microsoft. I, you know, clients like that. <laughs> you know, really big clients. I went to the Microsoft Seattle campus in 1999, around there, where Microsoft was the place to go and all that. So it was all very exciting and heady days. But, like, I didn't care if I sold more cans of Coke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. care. I don't care if I sell more Microsoft bloody boxes because back then we were selling boxes. This was all in boxes. It's like it's just every brief was, you know, more and growth and sales and more and growth and we want to get more share of mouth and more. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not motivated by that at all. Mm. But what I started doing was when I was working on Microsoft, I realized something because what happened? So McCann Erickson won the Microsoft business globally, okay? And they were appointed globally to work on Microsoft and all the strategies. So it was a global strategy that was applied across the world. And all that thinking and work was done out of their San Francisco office. Okay. So now I'm head of strategy here in Australia going, okay, what can I contribute to Microsoft? Because all the thinking's done. You know, all we're doing is we become an executional shop, basically. At that time, Microsoft were going through a few problems. They become very big for their boots. They become very arrogant. Uh, they become very, uh, you know, they're very pleased with themselves and et cetera, et cetera. So they had some issues with, around reputation as a brand. Yeah, they weren't warm and friendly and very nice, and they were too, you know, they were quite smug and pleased with themselves. And this was this was playing out in all sorts of ways. It was playing out in various court cases going on in America. And Bill Gates was, was you know, I forget the details of all that now, but this is what was going on, yeah? So I thought, yeah, that's kind of interesting. So what I started to do, I started to work with the Microsoft Partners team because Microsoft don't sell their products directly to anybody. Yeah. You know, they sold them through partners who, who were – computer IT stores, yeah? And they have all the Microsoft products in there and they sell their products and they call them partners, yeah? But they didn't treat them like partners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were just more the IT shops and, you know, and they really kind of bullied and bulldozed them around. So I started working with the Microsoft partners team and I started saying, well, you know, the Microsoft brand is you guys. You know, you turn up at, a, at an IT shop down the road in Sydney somewhere and say, hi, I'm from Microsoft. My name's, you know, Grant. How's it going? You know, do you guys do that? And they said, no, we don't do that. No, we just, it's all emails. It's all, you know, distance communication from afar. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what needs to change. You guys need to get out there. You guys need to engage with your real customers who are the high street sellers of your products. And that's what they started to do. So then I started thinking, well, that's really cool because suddenly branding is not, is not advertising. Branding is the people who work for the organization and how they show up in life. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I thought that's the way to brand. The way to brand is, and, and, and it's, it's a leadership conversation. It's not a marketing thing. And ultimately, it starts with what is your purpose? 
you know. So I'm very much about businesses, you know, doing business for good. And good businesses have a purpose, yeah? And I know a lot of businesses have purpose and they do what is so-called purpose washing, where they say, oh, here's our nice purpose, but they don't really live it or walk the talk. Well, my job is to at least help them find what that purpose is, articulate, and then brand in that way, yeah? And then that touches everything they do inside the organization, which I call brand on the inside, their people, their culture, their values, how they behave, how they do business and all that. And their brand on the outside, which is their marketing, sales efforts and things like that. So that's where I started to shift the way I do branding. And the people who are impacted most out of that, this is like 20 years ago, are the staff. Yeah. People who work for the organization who turn up on a Monday morning and go, why should I be excited and pleased to be here? Because, of course, we're making money. If you're any good as a business, you make money. But we're making a contribution to the world, to the planet, to society, to people. And that's what people need and want to be motivated, engaged, and charged. So that's the kind of road that I started to go on. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And I love that because you're right. You know, I've been in IT business 20, 25 years. I, I, I know Microsoft. I've dealt with Microsoft. I understand it. I've worked with uh, large, other large entities like uh, in the States, AT&T, Lucent Technologies, Abaya. Sometimes you get into these monopolies. So when you look into their branding or their marketing, it's actually pretty blah. You know, because it's like here, we've got the electric company. They don't really need to advertise to, to do what they do. They're going to still make money. Yeah. So what is their brand? So my question to you, are you a truth teller? Can you go to them and say, do you want me to give you the fluff or do you want me to tell the truth to you about how your customers feel about your brand right now? Yeah, I'm a truth teller. I am a truth seller, but what I do is, when I brand an organization, the research I do is I go in and I meet the people who lead and run the organization. Yeah? I ask them, where are you taking this place? What's the vision? What's the mission? What's your purpose? You know, hand on heart, what's it all about? And I go in and I discover the truth in that way. Mm. And I set it up as follows. I am going to have a red wine midnight conversation, okay? Not because it's midnight and because we're drinking red wine and you're drunk, but the red wine midnight conversation is a moment where, and I'll go in, dress like this, you know, here's my, my today I got my Tintin T-shirt on <laughs> and my jeans. So I go in super casual and I'll say, Let's have, you know, and, and the Red Wine Midnight conversation is a conversation where you, know, you can say all the stuff you feel you want to say if you're the CEO, managing director, CRO, CFO, whoever you are, you know, get a lot of questions. Now talk to me from your heart. What are your hopes, dreams, and aspirations? What makes this place amazing? What makes it, what, what are the problems? You know, what, what, what do you hope about? What do you worry about most of the future? What excites you most about the future? And I have that conversation with them one-on-one. -on -one. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Nobody else in the room because the moment there's a group of people, people influence each other and what they say, and the truth doesn't come out. Mm. So I do that, and I have those conversations, and then in that way I discover and find the, the truth, if you like, of the organization. Yeah, yeah. I love the – so you're a truth teller. 
So we're going to find out the truth about yourself, about your personal brand. What, what is, you know, when you think about in your competitive landscape, you compete with others, other brand people out there. You know, you're ranked very highly in the world for what you do. So if someone asks you, why Richard Sommer? Why am I doing business with you as a compared to your other competitors from a personal brand perspective? I, well, the first thing is I call myself the brand guy, okay? And that the fact that I do that says something straight away. Remember I said earlier on that when you work in advertising, the kind of branding strategy people sit in these ivory towers and they, you know, branding is all about these, you know, these models and, and it's all very complicated and intellectual and all that. Well, you know, I branding's about people. And so I call myself the brand guy for that, for that exact reason, to kind of take it off its pedestal and to make it something that's real and accessible and understandable and relatable by everybody. I could have called myself the brand expert or the brand consultant or the brand sage or you know anything, but now I'm the brand guy, the regular guy, because that's what branding is. Fundamentally, if your brand is not connecting with your customers, regular people, if it's not connecting with your staff, just regular people, then it's not doing a good job. Yeah, simple as that. Too much branding is too clever for its own good, you know? So so let's say you've got a, you know, some sort of a purpose or positioning statement that's going to drive our company. And let's say it's going to be the future now. It's like, okay, that sounds kind of interesting, but what does that mean? Like, what do I do with that? How does that drive me in my behavior? You know what I'm saying? So I'm very much a humanist. I'm very much, I cut through the bullshit and I'm about branding by using language that excites and engages people, okay? Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, when I turn up to brand or work on any job, I aim high as high as I can. Because branding, like I'm an idealist, yeah? And when you create a brand strategy for an organization, you know, it, it might not be the actual state of play right now today, but you are creating an ideal state. This is what we want it to be and how we want it to look like. So why wouldn't it be absolutely amazing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, why not, you know? So that's what I do. And I am really high and I'm passionate about that and I push it. And if people get in the way, I challenge them, you know, big time, all the time. And some people love that about me. And some people don't. <laughs> you know what but I'm that's saying? That's life, right? You're going to have Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's life. And that's life. And some people find yeah. it a bit full on and a bit too confrontational. Like, ah, you know, not this guy, not this guy. But the ones who love it, love it. And I do not compromise on that for anybody. You know what I'm saying? If I have clients or get a client that is not up for it, then I will say, listen, I think you should work with someone else. And I'll just stay at home and watch the cricket on the television. <laughs> you know, I got better stuff to do, man. And the older I get, the more clearer I become on that. Because my time on this planet is getting less and less and less. And I don't want to spend that time doing mediocre, average thinking and work for people who want work like that. I'm not interested. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group 
keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Know your genuine self. That's good because you don't have to. It's like I don't have to do this. So if I'm going that's to do right. it, I'm going to do it that's to right. the highest level. Let me ask you this: because you touched on some things that I think is very, very important in the world. That is, we had a lot of age groups that are in the world now. You got your boomers, you got your millennials, you got your Gen Zs, your Gen X. They have different ways of interacting. With brands, have you found that to be either a challenge or are you excited about that? No, I think the way people interact with brands is different today, certainly compared to when I worked in advertising, where there was no social media to speak of, you know, I mean, but back in the day then. But I think that to me is a communication planning, a media issue, if you like. You know, I think that. The way I think about people, uh, first of all, I call consumers people. I don't call them consumers uh, because the moment you call them consumers or you call them Gen X or baby boomers, you've put a label on them, yeah? Yeah. So I'm a baby boomer. I'm a young baby boomer. But, uh, yeah, I behave like Gen Z, like Gen X, like whatever. I mean, you can't just put me in a box and go, well, that's who I am. And now you can, now you understand me because I'm a baby boomer, you know? But people tend to do that, and this comes back to the research and the way we understand the world and the way we understand, you know, consumers. Now, consumers is a label. It's not a very nice label. Mm. Like, you're a consumer. It's like, really? Like, that's, that's pretty, you know, I don't feel too good. I'm a person with feelings and passion, you know, like I want to be understood in that way. And that's how I try to understand people no matter how old they are. So, it's, you know, I could do a study based on uh, – based on where people live and based on what cars they drive and, and things like that. But the real important questions are, what do you live for, mm-hmm. you know, and what drives you? So I'm more interested in the human condition. Mm-hmm. And the human condition, whether you're 20 or 40 or 60, in my view, fundamentally doesn't change. The context might change, but everybody has what I call the gap in their life. This is how my life is, and this is how I want my life to be, yeah? Yeah. I'm spending more money, I'm more stressed, I've got no time, I'm too busy, I'm tired, I'm, you know, all that stuff. How do I want my life to be? I want to spend more time with my family, I want more, you know, know, more calmness, more happiness, more sunshine, more whatever. You know, insert brand here, yeah? So the brand is meeting some need in people's lives. You know, life is very stressful today. It's very complex. You know, there's a lot of choice. There's too much choice, over choice. And complexity with technology that's going on, and we're all running around being so busy. 
You know, Grant, are you busy? Yeah, I'm busy. Everyone's so bloody busy, you know. It's not good. I don't want to be addicted to being busy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> for example. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, I've got no time. You know, the world's most common complaints. No matter how old you are, working mom, not working mom, working dad, not working dad, whoever you are, everyone has the same set of issues and complaints in life, basically, yeah? So that's what I'm more interested in. How you then want to engage people with your brand, that's more a media and a comms challenge. And I think that at the moment, you know, a lot of it's done through social media, but I think the branding aspect of that has been has been diluted, if not even lost. Wow. It's just very tactical. Yeah. You know, like we have TikTok, there's some fun stuff and some fun advertising and you know, brand experiences and things. Let's say on TikTok. But it's just a good one, it's one off stuff. It's very tactical. There's no big brand thought. You know, that's, everything leads back to that's driving all of that work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, 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 so, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's sort of been lost a little bit, actually. You know, the, the actual art of branding. And I'm talking about branding, you know, products and services as opposed to branding an organization. But I, I don't think it's done very well at all, <laughs> you know. And the skill sets are very different as well. You know, it's much more a digital skill set now. There's just digital agencies. That's all they do, social media agencies. And uh, they don't really understand or get or get to grips with branding in the way that, that I would do it. They go, you know, like, you know, what, what does your brand stand for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, that's it. You know, definition, purpose, human factors. Understanding human factors and making the human factors visible, I think, stands for brand mastery. That's what that, for me, that's what that would look like. Yeah, yeah. I would like to take you one more question. One more question is that now you've had, you can look down and see your career holistically. If you could speak to yourself, maybe speak to that person that was doing ad work all those years ago and where you you sit now, what would you tell that person as, I wish I had known this, maybe it would have been different. I'm not sure. But talk to that younger self and tell me what you would say. Well, first of all, when I I finished school and went to university, there was no formal qualifications or anything in marketing, branding, or anything like that, yeah? So I didn't know it existed as an option, if you know what I'm saying. It's just I, I, so I studied English and philosophy, you know. Yeah. And my father said, "What are you going to do with that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know." So I wish there was a clearer line between my skill set and what branding was. You know, that's the first thing I wish. Yeah, that uh, there was a clearer path. Because it took me quite a while to find it. I mean, I got my first branding job in an agency when I was. 38, you know, it's like, so it was a lot of grunt work, account management, and then doing my own agency for a bit as well before I finally got there, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I think that, so I feel that was like, yeah, a bit of, bit of wasted time there. That's, that's sort of part of it. And the other thing was, I think, you know, the, the thing is just be yourself. Really be yourself all the times, you know, and I think there was a point, again, when I turned 40, I... 
I thought I'm halfway through my life. I think I've spent half my life trying to please others, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and do things that others will endorse and approve of, whether it be at work, whether it be at home with my family or whatever. And I thought I need to stop doing that. You know, I need to start doing things that please me, you know, that make me feel uh, I'm contributing and that give me, you know, that feeling, that sense of purpose that I'm actually making a difference and having an impact. And, uh, and, and I think that then has become the driving force in my life since then, you know, that you actually can uh, do work that makes an impact and you can believe in that and you can be true to that. You don't have to just do a job and suck it up because you need to pay your bill. You know what I'm saying? So exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that. It's that. And that took me a long time to learn. And, and and perhaps I learned it a bit too late. You know, it would have been nice if I'd learned that a bit earlier in my career, I feel. But it's not something I regret, but it's something I do think about. I think we're all uniquely positioned to be a mentor to ourselves. We could talk to that self 10, 20, 30 years of wow, that would, yeah. But it's good to be able to talk to a person that now is now in that in the throes of that journey. Persons in their 30s are trying to figure it out. They maybe have had some corporate experience. Maybe they dabbled in entrepreneurship. They're trying to like, I want to do what I want to do what fulfills me. The fulfillment model. I think you're lost a lot in corporate America. They have a set of responsibilities they want you to do, and that's it. And I, I read that on your website saying, yeah, but maybe that only says that's seven-tenths of what you're about. Those other three-tenths are still talking to you. They're yeah. still saying, Richard, what about us? We can do this and this and this. And that skill set doesn't get used. But now we're in this new economy that you have a gig economy. You've got, you still got obviously corporate America. You've got other ways to really kind of try to express yourself if you want to take the challenge and do so. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, so uh, last year I branded an American uh, medical technology company. Yeah. Based in Philadelphia, big company, global company. They've grown through acquisition like, like med- medical companies do, bought this company, bought that, pull them all together. And, and some of the companies they bought were smaller than them, but they had a beautiful brand soul, if you like, identity, purpose, and then they put them in with the big mothership, and all that was lost. Mm-hmm. So when I got out there and talked to all the people, most of them working in America, they were just, they were gutted. They were, they just, there was no... There was nothing. It was just a company that was just making stuff and making money. And there was, you know, what, what were we working towards, you know? And that piece was really missing. And um, so I helped them discover and, and and find that, which is now sitting right at front and center, the core of their brand. But um, I'm not sure if they're living and breathing it the way that I would imagine, to be honest, because I did the work and now I'm, you know, I'm done. And they said, thank you very much. And we'll go with this. But uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how it's going. It was. It felt pretty clinical to me, you know. And uh, to get the brand thinking through, they got they had some board members um, uh, of the company who were based in Europe, in Denmark and Sweden, and they were much more open to the idea of being purpose driven and what that might be for us. And and so when I talked to them, I leveraged my conversations with them with the American CEO to say, listen, this is what the board members are saying yeah. and feeling. And I think you want to be considering this. I think this is the way to go. 
And based on that, he said, okay, fine, we'll do it. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought, what well, wonder what it's like working for that company today in America. You know, I just, I just, because they were like, they were like, all of them were, all the senior leadership team people, the executive were all seasoned medical technology people. You know, they worked in the medical technology space, all the big medical tech companies, you know, and lots of them had worked in the same companies. That's how they all knew each other. Yeah. You know, their whole lives, you know. And it was just another means to an end, and the end was just making, you know, a shitload of money, I think, is what they were really interested in, you know. So I was really trying to get underneath that and go, yeah, 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 that, that's fine, but we need more than that, you know, especially medical technology. I mean, these are these are products and solutions that are, you know, having a massive positive impact on the lives of people and their well-being. Let's articulate this in, in a way that makes everyone feel proud, you know, and excited. And and that's how you want to build an awesome brand. So, uh, yeah, I kind of felt like I had to give them a bit of a lesson on that as well. It's kind of interesting because because when I started branding in that way and being purpose driven, yeah, then what happened was it was a bit of it was a bit of a the sort of gates opened when Simon Sinek, you know, Simon Sinek, yeah, sure do. yeah, and he wrote Getting to Why, which is all about starting with purpose, and he made that little talk, and suddenly that's you know I was like, oh. That sort of hit the world scene, didn't it? It was like, oh, this is the way to do business, yeah? Bloody hell, I should have gone to that. <laughs> but I was kind of branding in that way. Anyway, you know, so when he came along and everyone was like, oh, Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek's the guy, you know? It's sort of, uh, it, it made, you know, people were more open to my ideas and thinking, going, oh, yeah, this oh, I've heard about this. This is the way to go, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was quite surprised that in America, still the companies that, just don't really embrace that, you know. Big companies, I'm sure there's lots and lots. Yeah, you know, they don't embrace it the way that. A great point that, especially like I live in America, born and raised here, and it always seems, and I'll, I'll state this: that it's all about the money. It's all about yeah. what's going on with your yeah. stocks. It's all about your profits, and and that is the game goal. The goal is to get profits. The goal is not. In the clinical world, medical world, the goal is not to improve the lives of others. Maybe you put that on your logo because that's what it says. But, but the, the game, here's the thing. But here's the thing. You see, it's profits, and it's profits in the next quarter or the next six months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you build a business that people love working for, that people love doing business with, that people love having in their communities, you know? I mean, if you build a business and create a brand like that, you will have profits. You will have amazing profits. That's what Steve Jobs did with Apple Mac. People loved Apple Mac. I still love Apple Mac. I use their products today, you know? And and that's and that's what he's done, you know, and that's what he did. And 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 but it's not a six-month play, you know, it's like it's a quarter to five, ten years plus. But the average CEO tenure is what five years maximum, maybe three to four years, three yeah. to four years. And what does he or she want to do? Just get mm. their money, hit the numbers. Thank you very much. I'm out of here. You yeah, know? and it's a problem. It's a problem, but it's starting to change because there's an expectation out there amongst people, call them consumers if you want, that companies and brands need to make a contribution to the world. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, much more so than 20 years ago. You know, people now expect that. And there's lots of studies that bear that out. 
the purpose-driven companies, are, you know, 80% of people will say, I'll shop from a purpose-driven company, I'll work for a purpose-driven organization. You know, this is what people are saying now. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, there's still a lot of companies that are waking up to this, albeit a bit slowly, but it just amazes me that today, yeah, it's still, it's still not, it's, it's still profit over people, if you like, or profit over purpose. Uh, whereas I think it's wrong. The profit will come. Of course it will come. But it will take time if you build an amazing and beautiful business and brand. So it's flipping it around. I think that's all wonderful. Human factors, human-centered design, human messaging with purpose. Because if COVID has taught us anything, is that our world is fragile. Our world is fragile. And we should all be doing our part to make it a better world for everyone involved. This, this has been wonderful, Richard. I want you to leave your contact information with us so our audience knows how to get in contact with you and so we can continue to move this ball forward. Okay. I think the other thing about COVID is that uh, if you, what we learned is if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Aha. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, we're all in it together. I think that's what COVID also, you know, it's about kindness and it's about your your mates and looking after other people. And, you know, you can't just do your own thing and ignore what's going on because it's not going to work, you know. So that's the other quite a, quite big lesson, I think. But yep. I don't know, maybe those lessons are being fast forgotten, you know, as we just move back to normality, whatever that is. Very true. Want, Very true. You want to give my details or what? Uh, just, uh, yeah, your website. What's the best way to get in contact with you? If you Google the brand guy, that's it. I'll yeah, come yeah. up everywhere. My website will come up, my LinkedIn, my Instagram, everything comes up. Boom. Just the brand guy. Well, I tell you, that, that, well, that's easy. And I love it. Very easy. easy. Very, very easy. Is, is important. Let me ask you, do you do you come to the States? Do you do talks? You're very, very well-known for doing uh, speaking engagements. Do you come to the U.S. for that? I have not. I have I've done one talk in the U.S. in my entire life. I've done a few overseas. I've done speaking engagements as a side hustle, if you like. I'm looking to change that. Well, now, we I mean, this year, this year, this year I've invested in a new speaking website. Uh, yeah. it's, it's such a mission, and they're quite expensive, and a new reel. And so I'm setting myself up to do more speaking. And I want to speak, yeah, wherever I can. That's what I want to be doing. I want to, you know, yeah, that's my next sort of, the next 20 years of my life is going to be more speaking and less working on branding projects. That's the plan anyway, Grant. <laughs> wow, I want to help you with that plan. So you want to come to you? That'd be great. Any, Love yeah, to have that'd you. That'd be fantastic. I've got a, so on my website is the whole speaking page and all the topics I talk about. Obviously, I talk about branding, but I've also got a personal development talk that I give as well. Yep. Which is my uh, what should I say? It's my um, it's my I don't know. It's the one that I love doing most. It's the most unique and different and compelling. It's a talk and a workshop, and I take people on this journey, and uh, it's something I love doing. Yeah, called Real You. <laughs> oh man, we got to tune into yeah. that. I mean, you got Real You. You got things out there. I love how you. That's that's it. You know, putting the human back in the center of the conversation and the equation and the process. So this has been wonderful. Uh, I want your entire audience and my audience as well to always tune in all the episodes on Follow Brand at www.5starvdm. And that is B for brand, M for masters, 
D for development. We do it all. I'm going to tell you something, Richard. I've had a lot of brand masters on my show. We're doing the brand master season. I love the way you have uniquely positioned yourself and talked about your story. You are iconic in this field, and I truly appreciate you being a guest on the show. Thank you very much, Ron. Good to meet you and good to chat. Absolutely. Take care. Take care, man. Bye.